You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Today, Tim and I sat down and talked about trauma, painful loss, and how to build a sense of resiliency. Please join us for this exciting conversation about what we can do to truly heal from difficult situations in our life. All right, so, hey, Tim, you know, one thing that always comes up for me as I work extensively with, with, with addictions is this idea of once you start digging with people in terms of their internal, internal selves, if you will, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of trauma. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a lot of trauma. Uh, and, and that could be something minor or major or something that's more chronic or complex. Uh, do you ever run into something like that? Yeah, I mean... Uh... So I'm, I'm going to be a little long-winded here probably because I have so much to say about this, but, you know, oftentimes like I, I find that that substance use is really like what we call a solution behavior, right? It's, 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 it's managing some, some sort of feeling or, or uncomfortable, you know, whatever. Right. And then the way that I look at it is, is, is I look at, you know, what, what feeling are we trying to manage here? Or, 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 or cope with it or deal with. And well, quite frankly, I mean, I, I'm always looking at things through a, through a trauma-informed lens, right? So I don't really view, well, I, I, I'm, I'm always very um, invested in understanding like not only like the, the feeling or, the, or the, what we call the presenting problem that people come in with, but sort of like, what is the function of potentially painful life events from the past that lead to this feeling that therefore is quote unquote solved by the substance use. Does that make sense? Yeah, well how would that be? Could you give could you give an example? Yeah, well so but before I give an example, I I'll give you my spiel. Um you know the way the way that I think about things, you know, we all go through life events, right? So, you know, Constantine, if if, if you go to a training, right? Like you go through that event and, and I think about that event as like food, right? So you like, let's say the training is an apple. You, you bite the apple, you eat it, you chew it up, you digest it. And then the apple literally becomes a part of you, right? It, it becomes a part of your body, who you are. And the same thing with that training, you take in that training, you digest it, and then it becomes a part of you of who you are as a therapist and, and everything like that. Right. So, you know, sometimes we go through life events that are, that are, that are too painful in order for us to digest. Right. So I almost imagine it like, an undigestible food, like a rock or something, right? So because that event cannot be processed, it gets stuck. And we have no other choice but to take that stuck, painful life event and we push it behind some sort of wall, right? And when we push it behind that wall, uh, it lives back there and it creates like a sore spot on that wall. And when that sore spot gets poked or triggered in one way or another, all of those piled up feelings and negative beliefs from that event come sort of flooding out and they hit us like a ton of bricks, right? So then, right, and, and that this kind of ties into what I was saying before, you know, uh, sore spot gets poked, we get hit with those feelings, then we have to do something about them, right? And oftentimes, uh, we don't have the best uh, solution behavior for, the, for that feeling. So in other words, right, uh, you know, my sore spot gets poked and I start feeling overwhelmingly, let's say, panicked or something like that. And then I drink alcohol in order to cope with that feeling. Obviously, I don't. But right. <laughs> but but that's that's always sort of the, the, the framework that I'm looking at things through, because really often, you know, 
the, the, the thing that a person is doing or, or, the, or the feeling that they're experiencing that bring them into my room, it's probably uh, not, not always, but, but I'm always, 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 uh, you know, wondering about, you know, what's back behind that wall, you know, what's, what's poking that sore spot and what piled up feelings and negative beliefs are coming out that we're trying to solve. I, I really like that analogy oh, <clears throat> because it really gives a really great visualizations in terms of how to see trauma. Um, I have mm. so many questions that, that are coming up, for instance, like, well, what does it take? Or how do you see this poking? Is it something that's consistent and minor? Does this quote unquote, you know, rapturing, if you will, of the of the skin happens because there's another major event? Like, how, how do you see that? You know, it, 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 it could be really subtle or, or it could be very blatant, you know, like, so, so uh, I guess I could make something up. Let's say, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I got into a really bad car crash. Right. And that, and that, that painful event was so tough that like my brain really couldn't digest it or process it. So it's buried away somewhere um, and buried alive with all the feelings and negative beliefs that are associated with it. So a trigger could be anytime that I get into a car, right that 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 could be a, like a very blatant sort of like big one or it could be a lot more subtle right let's say if i if i grew up with a parent that was very critical and like really shamed me when i didn't do fantastic in school well then maybe like any sort of like criticism that i get from my boss right maybe that could be a little little poke at, at that sore spot and then those piled up feelings of shame and those beliefs of like i'm not good enough those things come flooding out right so so, so I, so I often say to people, right, like, you know, perhaps typically, you know, um, someone might feel ashamed level two if they get critiqued by their boss, but because of me in this fake analogy, um, because I have all that piled up uh, negative beliefs and, and feelings, uh, it feels like a 10 to me. So it's sort of that like, um, like almost, I don't want to say exaggerated, but, but the feeling well, is intensified, a little bit bigger. Sounds like intensified. intensified. That's what mm -hmm. it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it, it it could be blatant and and like super obvious. And when people come in with with that sort of stuff, it's like ah, okay, right, got it. Like super <laughs> simple. And then other times it could be a, a whole lot more subtle. Huh. I I wonder. Let's say if uh, somebody comes in and. Are there layers of protection against that? Because I could also see that people don't come in specifically to talk about some of the traumatic instances or don't even tie in the fact like, oh, I drink away my feelings. Do you like poke at it specifically? Do you kind of start digging or poking, whatever the analogy we want to use to kind of get some of that stuff out? Or do you allow, you know, the person sort of in the process try to figure it out? Like, how, how do you how do you do that? Well, I'm, I'm a little more direct with it, right? So, <laughs> okay. so you know, if, if, if someone comes in and they say, oh, you know, I, 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 smoke, I smoke pot every day. And I'm like, okay. And well, first and foremost, I'll ask, is that something that you want to work on? And they might say, no, absolutely not. I want to, I want to keep that. I say, okay. Um, you know, but, but I, 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 I'm always wondering about the, the utility of it, right? So like, what, what does this behavior do for you? What do you, what do you get from it? And then they'll usually be like, oh, you know, like, uh, it helps you feel less anxious. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, like, like when is it that we feel anxious and kind of like digging a little bit, kind of like understanding more to see if that, to, to see if this behavior is a solution behavior for a feeling that gets triggered and brought up 
due to a painful life event from the past, right? So um, sometimes people come in and they're, they're, they're very much like, yep, I went through these things and then now I'm feeling this way. Other times it's sort of like, you have to understand it a little bit. And oftentimes, you know, as I'm thinking in this way and I'm listening to a person's story and I'm working to understand them and all that stuff, I sort of put the, put it out there on the table for them. I say, this, this is what I'm kind of thinking. And I sort of put it out there and kind of in the way that I did before. And I say, do you think this is kind of maybe what's happening? And they say, uh, well, I didn't before, but, but now I do. Um, and you know, even that could be, can be a really impactful experience. Huh. You know, that's, uh, <clears throat> I, I could see why that would work. You know, one thing that comes to mind, and sometimes I, I, I kind of grapple with this myself, is sometimes clients come in and say, yeah, like objectively, I could say that there's been, quote unquote, painful traumatic event, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel that way. And it doesn't feel like that event happened 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago has any particular impact on today. Like, how do you bridge that gap? Because cognitively, there's sort of a sense of understanding, but emotionally, there's lack of connection to today. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I'll, I'll probably say two things that contradict each other a little bit. You know, not, not every painful life event has to, you know, be, not, not every painful life event gets buried in the way that, that, that many of them do, right? You know, uh, human beings are completely capable of, you know, going through a really difficult thing and sort of managing and, 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 and getting through it. So, you know, there, there are some times where people say like, okay, I went through like all these things and, uh, and, you know, my mind automatically goes to like, Hmm, I wonder how this is playing a role. It may, or it may not. Right. Um, because, you know, quite frankly, people can go through things and they can, well, digest those painful life events it's sort of like sussing out and checking like, Hmm, like, I wonder if this is digested or not. And well, a way that, a way that I like to check that is, is, you know, I, I mean, as you know, I, I I do a lot of EMDR, you know, and in, in EMDR, we, um, we sort of set up memories where where I ask people to to bring up a memory and I ask them to bring up the worst, the the image that represents the worst part. And then I ask them to, to really to really tune into that, to that image of the worst part of the memory. And then I, I check to see if there's a, if there's a feeling or a body sensation right here, right now that goes along with that image. And so let's say I, you know, ask someone to recall the worst image of their painful life event from when they were 10. And they say, yeah, you know what? I'm actually, um, like I'm noticing a pit in my stomach right now. And I'll be like, ah, there, there are still some, 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 some feelings locked away with that memory, you know? Um, and, and then we sort of go from there. Hmm. And what about if uh, if you ask that question and nothing comes up for a person? Does that does that happen, or do you always notice something coming up? It can, you know, um, if nothing comes up, <laughs> I, I guess there, there there there's two explanations. One means that it's totally digested. You know, like your your brain did a good job of digesting that thing in the in the days or weeks after it happened, which is great. Good. Sure. Cool. Effective um, coping is always a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, or, you know, there might be like a block there. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it might be too painful to even like go there, like, like really get into it. And, and our mind or our brain like is saying like, nope, we're going to keep this wall extra fortified and 
you're 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 not you're not go. getting through. <laughs> um, you're not getting through. Um, so it it could be one or the other. Um, however, oftentimes, right, like you know, if if I'm getting the idea that a lot of the, the the presenting problem is a result of this sort of thing, right, like the the person is coming to me because they have this uncomfortable feeling or experience or, or, or whatever, and when it's sort of put out there like that to them, they say like, yeah, yeah, that's like, that actually resonates. That actually kind of hits home. Um, and I think it does because, well, they're literally coming to me for that reason. You know what I mean? So um, I think people are a little bit more open to uh, tapping into that and understanding it because they're literally coming to me for this reason. Sure. You know? Right. And it just something came to me. Is this, would you say that this is true, that the trauma by definition has to be interpersonal? Because uh, um, I'm just thinking of like traditional definition hmm. of PTSD, but because a lot of the things that at least I see, oftentimes it happened with somebody or in a surrounding environment with other people, because what could potentially be a trauma? I, I guess, I guess maybe a physical illness. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I was sledding once and I was, oh, actually that's interpersonal too. Um, you know, um, I was, I was stuck in a, in a, in, in a rainstorm oh, right, and right, my car right. broke down and right, I thought I was right. going to die. Right. You know, so, right. Uh, however, oftentimes a lot, a lot of it is interpersonal. The reason I ask is because like, you know, again, with like substance use, it's always like the more and more I think about it, most of the people that I could think there's always some sort of a significant interpersonal uh, Mm. trauma, traumatic loss, sudden loss, anything to do with some sort of feeling separated, uh, literally or metaphorically. Um, so yeah. I'm just, I'm just, that's why I'm wondering, I, I don't necessarily work with trauma from the point of view, like of EMDR, but I do notice that happening a lot when, when working with substances. Yeah. You know, um, I'm always interested in, you know, as I was trained in, trained in EMDR, they, you know, they, they really kind of, uh, nailed down in, in our heads that it's that, that in these, um, buried away events, um, there's always piled up feelings and piled up negative beliefs, right? So, so oftentimes I'm asking people, you know, um, as you tune into this image, is there a negative belief about yourself that feels at all true, right? Um, and it's and and what they say, and 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 I think that this is this is very true. It's it's that negative belief about ourself that 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 really fuels the emotion, right? So, you know, if I go back into into a into a memory into a story and that narrative is written in such a way that there's a really strong negative belief about myself like i'm not worthy i'm not good enough i'm not safe i'm not some something along those lines that's usually what gives it power um and as we're going through like processing and like we're working through that trauma and all that sort of stuff we're we're really interested in that negative belief and also the feelings so I think something super important to, to tune into, and, and this is actually really hard for a lot of people, um, you know, what negative belief about yourself is interwoven into that narrative of that story that's buried away somewhere? Um, so, so for example, you know, I, uh, just, a, just an example, 
uh, a person that I know, you know, they, they went through a, they, they, they witnessed someone die. Right. Um, and it was actually a very intense kind of dangerous situation. And, you know, I had them tune into the original image and I said, is there any negative belief about yourself that feels at all true? And he goes, no, like it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. And I said, well, right. Like I'm not necessarily asking about guilt or like responsibility, but like, is, is there a negative belief that like, I'm going to die. And he goes, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I said, (laughs) well, that, that, that's a belief about yourself that feels true in the moment. Right. So, um, whatever, long story short, and I'm ranting here, but, but, but a lot of like sussing out, you know, a painful life event that's like not so digested or digested, you know, if that memory or, or event is latent with those negative beliefs about ourselves, that's, that's usually a pretty big telltale sign that it's not sort of quote unquote digested and it's existing back there behind that sore spot, kind of waiting to be poked and probably poked rather frequently. Hmm. Uh, that, to me, that's a, that's a really great point because I am just kind of thinking out loud here. I, I do get a lot of clients to say, oh yeah, I've told, I've spoken about that trauma before. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all cool with it. But actually spending the time as you're descri- describing, kind of figuring out those intricacies in the moment. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of the clients go that deep in terms of trying to figure that out because they just say, oh, it happened. It's not really affecting me right now. Let me move forward with my life while kind mm-hmm. of doing a little bit of this deeper work is, is really what psychotherapy is all about, especially yeah. when it relates to trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <sighs> really oftentimes when I ask people about those negative beliefs about ourselves, um, it's really hard for them to identify it. And then I often like, I kind of call it like, like putting the menu out there, like, Oh, like maybe like you might be thinking about yourself, this or that and the other thing. And they say, Oh, well, yeah. Kind of like I did with that guy. Like, well, do you think that you're going to die in that memory? He goes, well, yeah. I say, Okay. Um, And the, uh, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but you know, focusing on that negative belief about ourselves, you know, I think that this is the most important part of trauma work is is changing that narrative of the story that's sort of buried away somewhere. So so really what we're trying what we're doing is we're kind of opening up that sore spot, right? We're we're going back there, we're 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 pulling the book out and we're opening the book and, and we're rewriting it. We're we're not changing the events that happened because you can't change those events that happened, but you're changing the way that it's written. Right. And so if, you know, kind of like reading between the lines, like this was all my fault or like, it, like, like I was responsible for this or, or yada, 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 whatever. And we change that narrative to, uh, no, it, you know, like it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't good, but it wasn't my fault. That takes so much of the power away from the memory. And we've really changed that narrative. And by the time the narrative is sort of like fully changed, uh, processed, digested, all of that sort of stuff. Then we put that book back up on the shelf and anytime that we pull that book out, yeah, it's not necessarily the most pleasant book, but we're able to read it, it metaphorically, of course, right, of course. Uh, without that emotional experience coming up at the same time. So would you say this sort of uh, something came up for me while you were speaking? So do you, so trauma work is then related to, but sounds like separate from grief and loss. Um, and sadness that might come, uh, you know, come about or ensue afterwards, because, you know, there it's fraught with, you know, sadness and grief and just sitting mm-hmm. in the 
in the idea that you lost something, whether it's uh, a person, a thing, something that was valuable to you, right? Like, so it, it could be like, it could be a traumatic loss or another mm -hmm. way maybe of saying it is a sudden loss mm -hmm. or an intent mm -hmm. loss. But I would also imagine there's those feelings of just like appropriate acceptance of that it is sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, grief and loss can certainly be viewed as a quote unquote trauma or, mm -hmm. or a painful life event mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and well, I'm kind of going to go back to what I said before, right? Like if, if we um, effectively process and digest that loss, which of mm -hmm. course the grieving process takes time, of it's course. different for everyone, yada, 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 right? If, if we effectively grieve and process, then, you know, of course, we're always going to feel that grief to a degree when we reflect on that person, but we're not going to have that same amount of, of pain. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, as I'm working with people who have gone through painful losses, you know, sometimes there's a there, there's a pretty significant um, negative belief about themselves. Other times it's not so significant, you know, and, and, and a lot of that work is sort of like, you know, we really just need to spend spend the time looking at this in 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 our grieving process and effectively grieve. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes there could be a negative belief of like, I'm never going to get over this or like, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like that really feels true to people, which can kind of, you know, add to the mix. And, and of course, the, the, there's some other negative beliefs that pop up in people. Um, so I wouldn't say that, well, sometimes yes, there's a strong negative belief. Sometimes no. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that I know that we're talking about trauma, loss and sadness. It also sounds to me like the way you're describing it, this process, um, <clears throat> sort of any sounds like a trauma informed care really begins to build potentially necessary coping skills or a sense of resiliency that the person sure. can have after this event. And obviously sometimes with coming into speaking to somebody like yourself that that sounds like there's a, a pretty significant empowerment piece to it absolutely i mean you know i um in emdr we sort of uh tackle events one at a time mm -hmm. and there have been times where you know i'm working through like painful life events from the past with people and then they happen to go through another one again Right. So, so sure. for example, as life happens, <laughs> yeah, right. Life happens. And, and really the, the conversation then is sort of like, Hey, we've been opening up these, these, these books or, you know, the, the, these things from the past. And we've been doing that, like this type of work, right. We're sort of, you know, negative belief, all that sort of stuff. We need to be doing that for, for, for this too, sort of like, kind of like learning, um, the ability to effectively process and cope with things in the moment or in the, in the hours or days or whatever after it, you know, if, if you can go back 20 years and do it, right. uh, you definitely have the skills to do it, you know, tomorrow or the next day. Right. It's hard. It's hard, but you know, listen, I, I know that we're, uh, you know, coming to a close of sort of to today's episode, I guess one other thing that, that comes up and I'm, I'm wondering if some of the listeners kind of reflecting on this as, as we're speaking is the idea you, you and I just talked about, okay, so processing, 
building mm -hmm. resiliency, empowering is one way to go. Okay, if it happens again, or something similar, or another loss or trauma happens again, here's sort of one of the ways to kind of process it. Have, do you ever run into the issue of like so many things have happened that instead of kind of building resiliency and empowerment, actually the opposite happens. The person just, you know, for lack of a better word, maybe burns out and mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, gives up maybe literally, maybe metaphorically and just kind of as uh, one of uh, a psychologist, Seligman, you know, kind of the idea of, of learn helplessness. They just kind of mm -hmm. resign, I think maybe is the best way to like. This is just the way it is. This happened and 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 this happened and, this happened and 10 more yep. times this happened. Do they just kind of like say, you know, that's it, I'm done? Well, I would say that that's a, that's a solution behavior at its core, right? Mm. You know, um, you know, like all of these things happen. I feel all these ways about them. And my solution to it is to throw my hands up in the air and say, right. this is just who I am. I'm doomed to be this person. And I would then say, if, if, if the person is ready to do so, you know, perhaps there's, there's another way. Perhaps we can, you know, reconcile these painful life events. Perhaps we can, you know, do that sort of work and sort of heal and process and digest and all that sort of stuff. And also, as we do that, you'll build some resiliency skills mm -hmm. and we'll really debunk that negative belief of, Bad things always happen to me. I, I like that. I like that because it kind of speaks to the idea of leaning in to mm -hmm. to that discomfort and really facing it head on rather than just kind of say, well, listen, yeah, I hear you had 10 bad things happen. I mean, that's it. I would resign as well. This is kind of let's do trauma focused work around that belief, which is kind of traumatic mm -hmm. adaptation in itself. That, that's very yeah. cool. And it's hard. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, it's you know I I tell everyone I was like listen, like we're gonna be diving into stuff that's right that that's super tough so you know I I I tip my hat to, to to everyone who does the work you know and and who does lean into it and dive into it because it's it's really really hard you know our walls are built for a reason right and to and to actively reach into that sore spot and do otherwise it, it takes a lot of guts yeah 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 no absolutely and uh i guess we'll uh, finish up on today that there's also two different types of people that come in sometimes that come in crisis that it sounds like it's up to somebody like yourself and myself to kind of help to process and maybe get that you know that boulder out fr from that mm -hmm. wall or i've noticed some people don't have any life stressors in the moment but are intending to come in just to i've even heard a gentleman say like i'm finally ready because mm. my life is sort of relatively calm. I'm ready to address certain things from the past. And I that's just an interesting distinction that I also would encourage everybody to kind of consider. Maybe nothing is bad going on in your life, but there's still painful events. This is still an invitation to potentially consider this might be actually a really great time in your mm. life to, to try to address some of that stuff. So this was, thanks so much, Tim. This was a really uh, helpful conversation. Awesome, of course. All right. Very cool. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Take care. This has been the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. See you next time.